What's so hard is that we don't want to feel the anxiety, but to help ourselves take care of it, we have to feel it and again, get used to the discomfort to be able to move through it. Welcome back to the show. I hope you're all having a great week so far. In week two now of 2022, and if you heard last week's episode, we mentioned, I mentioned in that episode that we are seeing this trend. Uh, Lots of women are telling us in the She Speaks community, they have heightened levels of uncertainty since the pandemic started. And uh, that has also led to increased anxiety. And one of the things that we wanted to do was help provide our community, our listeners with some tools for how they might deal with anxiety. And I'm really excited to share with you today's episode because we have Elizabeth Cushon. She is a therapist, a counselor, a life coach, and a podcast host. And the this conversation was, I think, so helpful for me because I think the part that has been always challenging for me is to really understand how do you identify anxiety? How do you know if you're feeling anxiety? And so when I had this conversation with Elizabeth that I'm about to share with you, I really had this aha moment because Elizabeth explains so well how do you identify what anxiety looks like? And that to me I think is is just really helpful. And then, um, of course, in addition to identifying, uh, helping us identify what does anxiety look like, Elizabeth then goes on to share with us some tips for how you can deal with anxiety. So I am excited for you here to this episode. Uh, enjoy and uh, please let us know what you think. Well, welcome to the show, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Eliza. I really appreciate the invite and uh, just love your podcast. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And I'm so glad that we are talking today because this is, we're recording, I don't know exactly when this episode will be airing, but we're recording um, towards the end of the year of 2021. And um, we are hearing from a lot of our She Speaks community members about, you know, this being a tough time of year. And and generally, even just since COVID started, women are feeling an enormous, telling us that they are feeling a lot more anxiety, a lot more uncertainty, just mm. a lot more um, anxious about the world around them, about what's going on in their personal lives, as well as what's going on in the world around them. So I love that we're going to have this conversation and we're going to talk through, um, you know, your perspective and your insights um, today, as well as hopefully some very specific advice that women can, um, can use for, uh, for themselves as they, as they go through this time. So you've talked Mm -hmm. about, um, how women tend to define themselves by who they take care of. Can you (laughs) talk a little bit about this and discuss how women can shift that definition of themselves? Yeah. Well, I think that's such an important question because I know, you know, speaking for myself, but also the women that I've worked with, so much of how we're raised is about how nice we are, how kind we are, being good girls. But, and part of that is how well do we take care of the people in our lives? And especially 
I would say, if you've experienced some kind of emotional neglect or trauma in your in in your past, it can almost turn into sort of this overdrive of as long as I'm taking care of everybody else in the world outside me is say is, is okay, then I'll be okay too. Mm-hmm. But if we're not if we're not listening to ourselves and what we need, it can make us feel really anxious and depressed because we're not actively caring for us mm-hmm. when we're constantly thinking about everybody else's needs. Right, right. And yeah. what is that about? Is there something that 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 women have is it innate or is it how we're raised that gives us this mentality of I need to be taking care of everyone else and mm-hmm. it's almost like that I always think of it as um you know that announcement that they make on the flights um, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. they're telling you put your own face mask on before helping someone else. I always think, you know what? Men probably sit there and go, of course I'm going to put my own face mask on right? before I help someone else. But I think women, we are like, oh, well, thank, thank goodness you told me that because that does make sense. I'm going to be able to help other people better <laughs> if I have my own face mask on first. Although I must say, I have, I have had women saying there's no effing way that I'm going to put, not put the mask on my child first before myself, which is an interesting thing too. But yes, I, uh, and I think it's a combination. Um, There probably is a genetic component, component, although I'm not expert in that field to know, to -hmm. know for sure. But, um, but it is a cultural message that we receive. It's also a lot of what is modeled for us. So mm. whether it's our mother or our grandmother or a female figure in our life who is very good at taking care of others without really actively working on their own needs, it, mm-hmm. it can become habit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about the habit because um, I have been um, doing a lot of uh, talking with people about what it takes to form a habit and how you can ch- ch- rewire your brain. So, right? What mm-hmm. does it take to develop a habit in in the in the areas that you're talking about? Well, I mean, it takes awareness. So we need to have some awareness around how often we're n- not listening to ourselves and what we need. Mm-hmm. It takes some mindfulness. So I think awareness and mindfulness sort of come together. So, it, but it's tuning into what are we experiencing? How are we feeling? What's coming up for us? And are we attuning to that? Yep. And then it's making those conscious choices to, even if it feels a little bit uncomfortable to do something different, mm-hmm. to try it anyway, to do it yeah. anyway with consistency so yes. that the the discomfort lessens and we start to feel sort of the benefits of really taking care of ourselves or creating this new habit, whatever it might be. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you brought that, the, 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 the awareness and the mindfulness up because um, I think we have heard this from a lot of women and um, I have certainly, you know, felt this myself that it can be challenging to to really have a, a strong self-awareness, right? And mm. to really be tapped into what's going on with you. Can, yeah. can you share any advice um, how, on how a woman could start developing 
I don't know if you could, would call it, but a practice for self-awareness, but is there something mm-hmm. that we can start to do if we feel like we're not self-aware or we want to be more self-aware, what are yeah. some things that we can try? Yeah, well, I, I think there's a lot that goes into that. So part of um, it really takes learning to listen and 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 trust yourself. Mm. So, you know, there are practices, but I think part of that is attending to your needs, setting healthy boundaries, being kind to yourself when maybe you don't always get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so how do we do that? It means, and I will speak right now for myself, it has meant to it, taking time where I'm with me. So quiet time, whether mm-hmm. it's through actual meditation or just taking a walk without headphones, mm-hmm. just being outside in nature, mm-hmm. um, but just being intentionally quiet and just with myself. Yeah. Um, I think mindfulness also can be, again, so helpful because we are working on being here in the present moment just so we can be aware of what's happening and it can be aware of our physical surroundings but also our emotional state in the moment and maybe any physical feelings physical sensations that we're feeling Mm -hmm. and just letting that be there without trying to shift it or change it yeah so so I don't want to, I don't want to rephrase this incorrectly, but is it, is it like sitting with discomfort, like learning to sit with discomfort? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think about our sort of cultural message here, especially on the West and in the, in Western culture is that it's, it's not good to feel uncomfortable. We want to feel happy and joyful Mm -hmm. all the time, Mm -hmm. but part of, of the spectrum of feelings is, you know, extreme discomfort to, to exhilaration and joy and awe. But in order to feel both those things, we have to tune in and feel all the things. Like we can't just choose to, I just want to feel happy. Well, it doesn't work that way. (laughs) We're we're shutting out the discomfort. We're not feeling the joy either. So yes, it is learning how to, sit with the discomfort, how to be okay with it, and mm-hmm. just noticing that it's there and that it'll probably pass. Most of the time it does. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, and I think it's also this, um, there's maybe a, a fine line between the kind of sitting with that discomfort, but then wallowing in it, right? Or, uh, or oh. not wallow, maybe marinating. Maybe wallow is not the right word. It's like you're no, but, but ruminating. Yep. Yep. Yeah. If we're, if we're, if we are unhappy and we're anxious or stressed and we just keep going over and over and over, that's not really being mindful. That's really focusing on how do I change this? This feels yes. bad. I don't yes. like it. I want this mm-hmm. to change versus, mm-hmm. okay, maybe I didn't get to go for a walk today and I really wanted to. And that feels bad because. I have some sense of like, I'm supposed to walk every day or it makes me feel better. Or I wanted to be in nature or I'm disappointed that I didn't get to go. Right. I can be with that mm-hmm. and acknowledge how hard that was for me mm-hmm. and say, okay, well, 
maybe I can do something different tomorrow or I can shift this for another day. Like I don't have to just beat myself over the head with why it didn't work out today. Well, I love that you brought that up and you, this is now, I think you brought, you said earlier that it's important to be kind to yourself, right? So this idea of self-care, which to Mm -hmm. me is kind of like, you know, linked to that, right? If, if we are taking care of ourselves, we're, we're going to have to learn to be kinder to ourselves. Why Mm -hmm. is self-care so important for women to prioritize? Well, I, I, there's a lot to that too. So I think one, because we do tend to, a lot of women will put other people's needs first and taking care of them first that our needs often will be at the bottom of the list. Or when I get all this stuff done, then it'll be time for me. Mm-hmm. But often then we're either too exhausted or too tired or too busy to take that time for ourselves. So if we're constantly sort of ignoring or avoiding or you know, actively pushing away what it is we need and not taking care of those things. And I don't mean, I mean, small things like, did I have breakfast today? Mm -hmm. Did I get enough water? Um, Mm -hmm. Did I get to take a walk? Mm -hmm. Uh, Did I pause for that moment to notice the sun shining through my window and warming my skin? Like that to me is self-care. And so if we're allowing ourselves to really feel that care it helps build trust it helps us really sort of build that foundation of like i care about me and i want to take care of me yeah yeah well how can women start to set these healthy boundaries for themselves right because you're talking about self-care and i think to myself a, a lot of women we feel like we don't have time for that, right? Taking the time. It feels like it's time, right? And mm-hmm. so many of us feel time starved. But mm-hmm. how, it, to me, it's about, okay, well, I've got to s- make a plan. I've got to set that almost like, I don't know if it's a boundary or a plan. It, you've got to, you know, kind of force yourself to create that space to yeah. be able to do that. Yeah. How can women start to do that, to set that time to make sure that they have that planned into their day. Do you have any tips for that? I would love to say I'm so perfect at this, but, <laughs> but I none of us are, right? No. Well, and, and the reality is sometimes we're better at it than other times, right? And that's mm-hmm. okay too. But um, for me, it is sort of having an intentional plan that if it doesn't happen, I I try not to be too hard on myself about it. But so Mm -hmm. taking time for me, journaling at night before Mm -hmm. I go to bed has Mm -hmm. been very, very helpful, especially during all this COVID time (laughs) during the pandemic. Um, Taking time to meditate during the day for me has been um, a huge part of my Mm. just personal journey and and learning how to trust myself and be with myself. Yeah. Uh, And sometimes it's bigger, right? It's like, all right, well, I want to, I don't know, take a class for self-enrichment, like an art class. or Mm -hmm. So it is 
you know, signing up for it, paying for it, if you can, doing the thing you want to do, but -hmm. also just, um, it can be the smaller things like um, taking a couple extra minutes in the shower to just sort of let the water be running down on your hands and feeling Mm -hmm. what that feels like Mm -hmm. um, without Mm -hmm. going through your to-do list. (laughs) Right, right, right. So almost it's, it's about, you know, just kind of finding even small moments. Oh, yeah. This doesn't have to take a lot of time. Right. And making it fit your life is the most important thing, right? If you're not a journaler, don't do it, right? If you try meditation and for you, it's, it's terrible, like sort of that mindful closing your eyes, that sort of you know, breath meditation for some people that doesn't sit, but you can walk outside and just be mindfully aware and meditate on the space around you or in your car even without like going into a trance or anything, but yeah. 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 I, 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 and I, I think that, um, I think that that's the thing is that we, when we think about when it's like too many things, it feels like, Oh my God, there's no way I have time for this. Right. But when you start to really take it one step, think about one thing you can do, going back to the habit forming that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I I started journaling also during COVID and I never thought of myself as somebody who would journal. I'm like, oh, I, I, I never kept a diary. Like my best friend growing up, she kept a diary from the time she was like as early as she could write. And I always thought, why does she keep a diary? Like, what is that all about? But right. then during COVID, I mm. said, you know what? I'm going to try this. I've heard that it's a really great thing to do uh, mm-hmm. to really get your, like to, to kind of develop a practice for self-awareness. So let mm-hmm. me, let me try it. And I really think you sort of get into the groove of it. You just start to do it and it becomes, you know, a, just a part of your day and it doesn't, it doesn't take long. Um, it's just something that, um, you know, that you just make, make some time for. And as you said, you do it at night before you go to bed. I, I am an early riser. I tend to do it in the morning because I'm up before my kids are up and I, that's when I have the headspace to do it. But, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it doesn't have to be as overwhelming. I mean, it's not like, maybe it's like, you don't need to think about fixing everything at the same time. It's just one thing. Yes. that you can you can work on because yeah. that as you said that could become a habit that, yeah. well that well and it, i think too part of it is also being aware of how many things we're agreeing to do that we don't want to do right like <sighs> if you're i don't know forcing yourself to journal for example like mm-hmm. that's no fun that doesn't right. really fit your needs but also just in the day to day, like how mm-hmm. often are you either saying yes to things that you could say no to, and that could create the space to add something that is worthwhile, that's yes. meaningful to you? Yes. Yeah. So we we talked a little bit about um, this idea of, you know, we are critical of ourselves. We need to, I don't know, give ourselves some grace to, mm-hmm. to, you know, this part of the self-care, we have been hearing from a lot of women that they have this narrative of like an inner critic that is kind of constantly running. It's just there. It's running in the background. Um, 
how can women start to learn how to cope with the this inner critic, these self-defeating thoughts? Can you talk a little bit about, well, A, what is one, maybe that's the first thing, like what is what does the inner critic sound like? What does the self-defeating thought look like? And then maybe the second part, if you could address like, what can we do to, to, to cope with that and maybe to, to turn it around? Yeah. Well, self-defeating thoughts can be a lot of things like Mm. um, making a mistake and then berating yourself for how stupid you were or, or how could I have, or um, sometimes a lot of what I hear too, it's around this fear of judgment from others. Like, so say Mm. you showed up at a party that was formal dress and you didn't know it and you came in kind of casual clothes and then the rest of the evening or you go home and you're like, Oh my God, like, how could I have not, how, how did I not know Mm. this? I must've looked Mm. like such a fool, you know, finding ways to, really just make yourself feel bad about just making a human mistake. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think for women too, and probably for men as well, but um, our weight, what we eat, Mm. how much we sleep, Mm. if we're taking care of ourselves or not, that can be this running dialogue of I'm not Mm -hmm. doing it right. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with me? Why can't I? Mm. I should be. So Mm -hmm. many ways we can find to sort of pick ourselves apart, Mm -hmm. and it creates a lot of depression. It can make you feel really bad about yourself, Mm -hmm. extremely anxious. Which was for me, that's my story. That inner critic sort of just left me always feeling sort of somewhat anxious. Like, am I doing this right? Am I, you know? Yes. Am I showing up in the right way? How do people feel about me? Yeah. Interpreting small looks or gestures to mean something about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, what really has shifted, and I mean, I think what's important to know is that our inner critical part, so there is a part of us that just wants to, and for some of us, if we were criticized by caregivers or have some history of trauma, oftentimes that inner critic just develops over time, right? It's not something we bring in. It just happens to be there to Mm -hmm. keep us on track. Don't make that mistake. Avoid that disappointment. Avoid that Mm -hmm. embarrassment. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the inner critic does have good intentions. It doesn't want us to screw up, right? It wants us to enter the world in a perfect way. Right. But it kind of gets a little overzealous in its work. And so learning how to better understand, one, what its intentions are. So it's not trying to hurt us. It really wants to keep us safe. Right. 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 It's looking to protect us. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Fiercely protect us, Mm -hmm. which sometimes goes a little astray. Yeah. So learning to listen, like, what is it afraid of? What If it doesn't do this, if it's not actively mm-hmm. judging us or, or making us think about the judgment, right? what is it afraid we're going to, might happen? Like, maybe mm-hmm. we'll make a mistake. Maybe we will get embarrassed. Maybe we will feel that judgment. Right. <clears throat> and then being kind and compassionate toward that part of us, like, okay, I get that it feels really important to demean me, make me feel bad about myself, 
but it's really not working for me anymore, right? right? It's really just making me feel really terrible. So then I think along with that practice of recognizing the inner critic, working to be kinder, so saying initially maybe, um, okay, I hear you inner critic, but it's my intention to be kinder to myself. Mm -hmm. so may I I'll give myself some grace in this moment when things don't feel so great. Right. Right. Um, I love that. That is, you know, that is something I hear. I've been hearing. It's a theme that I've been hearing about this, mm -hmm. this notion of we, we need to of course hold ourselves to a standard, but within that as women, we also need to learn to infuse it with, with giving ourselves this idea of giving ourselves some grace. Mm -hmm. We, we've talked a little bit about anxiety. You mentioned um, that that is something that we know comes up for a lot of women. There's mm -hmm. also been this pretty marked rise in with women in terms of these feelings of anxiety and stress. Can you talk about, talk about that? Why is anxiety such a common issue for women? Um, and what are some steps that women can take to ensure that they're 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 addressing it, and maybe part of it is recognition. I'm always a big believer that you first have to recognize it in order oh, to then address, sure. be able to address it. But can you talk a little bit about why is anxiety on the rise so much for women? Um, mm -hmm. How do you recognize it, and then what are some steps we can do to address it? Mm. So, um, especially during this time when everything felt stressful. Who, who mm. was safe? Where is it safe to be? Should I be wearing a mask? Should I not be wearing a mask? I think the anxiety has risen for a lot of us. Right. If you have any history of trauma, I know I keep going back to that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people's trauma was activated during this time. So there was a lot, there has been a lot more because your con what happens with trauma is it teaches you to sort of be hyper aware is, are things safe? Am I safe? What is my environment? Oh. So with COVID constantly in our mindset, even if we're not aware of it, it's activating some of that trauma too. I have to be vigilant all the time. Yeah. So wow. there's okay. that. Yeah. That is, okay. So I wanted to stop you there for a second because you just said something that I had not heard in that way. And it, a mm -hmm. light bulb just went off. It's like something just clicked for me. Yeah. So the one of the reasons that people, women are feeling anxious, more anxious, is because if they had some sort of trauma in the past, mm -hmm. this, this state that we've been in since early 2020 right. is like a hypervigilance. Yep. And that is associated for many people with trauma, with past yep. trauma. Yep. It's a trauma response, hypervigilance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. And so, so this, so what happened when we had to become more hypervigilant because of COVID and keeping ourselves, our families, our loved ones safe, it reminded us of past trauma. Yep. Yep. Basically your body is like, I know what this feels like. Okay. The environment, you know, especially if, well, even if you haven't healed, but like there's a lot of people that came to me through this time for 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 healing work was like 
this was all under control. And all of a sudden now I'm feeling like I'm back kind of where I started or at least recognizing I need help. Wow. So yes, I think that it can feel familiar, but it also, our bodies and our brains are very good at, I mean, we're, we were bred to look for danger, right? I mean, from back in caveman days, we had to be constantly on the alert. So it triggers this very natural response. It's just when it's constant, when we have to be vigilant all the time, it wears us out, but it also disrupts our nervous system. So we're constantly like producing the adrenaline and the cortisol and the things that disrupt our, our neurobiology naturally. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So, so that's maybe what has contributed to this, <clears throat> to this rise that it was maybe mm-hmm. laying dormant and, mm-hmm. and, and then COVID and what, how our bodies reacted to it right. is what triggered the mm-hmm. the dormant the the dormant anxiety to kind of come back. Yeah. What what does it look like though? How do you know if you're if you're suffering from anxiety? Yeah, well, it looks different for different people, but mm-hmm. there are emotional symptoms. There are physiological symptoms, so you can feel physically ill. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be exhaustion, but so, all right. So some of the emotional over worrying, ruminating, mm. insomnia. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that sort of high activation, mm-hmm. never feeling safe or like easily startled. Um, yep. That can be anxiety. Um, the physical symptoms, because anxiety triggers that fight, flight, freeze response. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be a very, so, and that shuts down our digestive system. I mean, basically all the blood goes to our limbs so we can fight, flight, (laughs) flee or freeze. Uh, It could be stomach aches, headaches, nausea, shakiness, um, lightheadedness, heart beating too fast. Mm -hmm. So it can feel really, like a physical illness when it's an emotional response. Yeah. So I mean, it and it feel. is a physical response too. Sorry. Right. So, so that's maybe what it looks like. And now mm. what are some things that we can do to deal with it when it comes up? Because, you know, so many women, as we know, are, are feeling this rise of anxiety what are some things that you would recommend that women can do to try to to deal with it when it when they're feeling this way? Yeah. Well, one, as you said, like the recognition is a huge piece of it. Sort of not shaking <coughs> yourself around that, giving mm-hmm. yourself some room that if you are feeling more anxious and more stressed now, to be kind to yourself around mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, for every person, I think it can, it is very individual, but I mean, for me, a regular meditation practice has really helped mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. finding ways to be in nature, even if it's cold and yucky or super hot or whatever, just being outside mm-hmm. nature can really sort of naturally lower our arousal response. Mm-hmm. Um, therapy, you know, yeah. I think, Personal therapy 
I mean, I'm a therapist, so of course I think that, but uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it has saved my life in many ways. Um, but being okay with the fact that maybe you might need some extra help and yeah. asking for help, whether it's through your primary care physician or if you have a therapist you've worked with before, going back to them, mm-hmm. but you know, taking the time to take care of yourself in ways, and, you know, and for some people being mindful too of what you're consuming. So are you, and I mean this on all levels, are you spending hours on your phone just mm-hmm. scrolling so as not to feel or binging mm-hmm. shows so as a way to zone out mm-hmm. or um, eating too much, drinking too yeah. much, yeah, using substances or gambling or yeah, mm-hmm. finding ways to numb yeah. What's so hard is that we don't want to feel the anxiety, but to help ourselves take care of it, we have to feel it and again, get used to the discomfort to be able to move through it. Yeah. You mentioned that there's the the first step is is the recognition, right? Mm-hmm. And we talked about what it looks like. So that mm-hmm. I think hopefully will will give women um a little bit of a sense for that. When you say the next thing you said was to be kind to yourself. Mm. Yeah. What are some, what are some things that women can say to themselves, but really to be kind to themselves, but really believe, are are there things that, is there a good way to start? Because Mm -hmm. as women, I do think we, we beat ourselves up so much. That's probably a more common pattern Mm -hmm. than being kind to yourself. Are there some things that we can start to say to ourselves that are more digestible, I think, than um, maybe, you know, what happens over time when you, when you learn how to be kind to yourself? Um, Are there some easier things that women can start to do to, that they will believe about that, that, that would be kind, that be in that realm of being kind to yourself? Yeah. Well, I think one of the biggest things to recognize is that you're not alone, that you Mm. are not alone in this, that Mm -hmm. yes, oftentimes we feel so isolated and, and um, ashamed that we don't want to share with others that we're struggling, Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of people struggling, or even if they're not actively struggling, they know what it was like to be in that place. Mm. So with people who are safe, maybe sharing that this is a hard time and receiving that kindness from them. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. another shift is if you are feeling stressed and anxious and you're like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) this is anxiety. What's wrong with me? Imagine a good friend came to you and said that like told you Mm -hmm. they were struggling and were feeling very anxious and having a hard time sleeping or whatever it was. How would you respond to them? Yeah. Would you tell them you're such an idiot? You should be over this. What's wrong with you? Right. I hope you. I hope you wouldn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you would be kinder to them, what would it feel like if you offered that same kindness to yourself? Yeah, yeah, I love that. I th- and I think that's very tangible because I think yeah. many of us are much kinder to everyone else around us than oh, than yeah. we are to ourselves, oh, yeah. Elizabeth. This has been so, and as I said, I have learned things from our chat today and light bulbs have gone off. 
if people want to follow what you're doing and get more of your amazing insights, mm-hmm. what is the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So if if you are a resident of Maryland, because I'm only licensed in Maryland as a therapist, you can find me at actually progressioncounseling.com. That's mm-hmm. my website for therapy. And I'm doing all virtual, so it's the whole state. Um, if you would like to work with me as a life coach, I work with women mostly midlife women. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's elizabethcushcoaching.com. So you can find me there. I'm also on social media at Woman Warriors or Awaken Your Wise Woman. And I have a podcast that they can follow as well. Yeah. What is the podcast? It's called Awaken Your Wise Woman. So there you go. Love it. Yeah. Well, and they can find that anywhere that podcasts, Apple, all Stitcher, all of that good stuff. All that good stuff. It's out there wherever you follow podcasts and you can search my name or initially the podcast was called Woman Warriors because Mm -hmm. it was focused on anxiety, but we're sort of shifting into just Mm -hmm. being able to be with yourself and take care of yourself in the best way possible. Elizabeth, thank you so much for your insights, for spending time with us today. We really appreciate it and uh, can't wait to read more of what you're doing and hear more of what you're doing. And I'm definitely going to listen to the podcast. Awesome. Thank you, Lisa. I really appreciate being on the podcast with you today. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to She Speaks How She Does It. We hope that this episode inspired you in your own experience and path towards success. Be sure to like and subscribe to follow our series of conversations. We'd love to hear what you thought of this episode, so join the conversation at She Speaks Up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. You can also join She Speaks at shespeaks.com. Thanks for listening and look forward to our next conversation. Thank you for listening. If you're an influencer or a brand that wants to work with us, please feel free to email us at info at Until next time.